Welcome to His Way Women's Bible Study with Linda Anderson. His Way Ministries is an interdenominational ministry established and committed to helping you experience a dynamic relationship with God. Now, here's Linda with this week's message. Hi, His Way Women. Welcome. I'm glad to see you. Oh, it's so good to be here. Well, when it's in my hands, boxing gloves. Okay. Boxing gloves don't do any good unless you put them on your hands and you get in a stand. Now I can't hold my microphone. Wait. Okay. Wow, I look tough. I can feel it. (laughs) The deal is that we are in a spiritual battle. How many of you know that? Some of you are glad about it. Whoa. (laughs) Well, we are in a spiritual battle. And we are fighting the powers of darkness. We are fighting the enemy. Now, here's the deal. If you go into the battle, thanks, Dion. If you go into the, into the battle without being ready and prepared for the battle, you just might get beat up. How many of you have ever done this? You go into the battle. You tell the Lord, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to do anything you ask me to. Oh, God, it's me. Choose me. I'm going in. Wait. (laughs) And then when you get in the heat of the battle, you go, I don't like this battle. Maybe I'll just fight with one hand. Now, what happens if you're fighting with one hand? You're punching (laughs) with one hand and the other one's not protecting your face. And then you start getting more beat up. And then you go, I didn't sign up for this. Thanks, Dion. (laughs) And you start saying, I just don't have enough strength for this battle. Or, (laughs) Debbie, I'm so glad you know all the answers. You look like a boxer. Isn't that how you do it? Yeah. But what we do is we start thinking, this is more than I signed up for. This isn't fair. Or we get angry and we start saying, I'm just not doing this. And we throw off our boxing gloves and we quit the battle. Now tonight, oh, if only I could have, I would have brought every one of you a pair of boxing gloves. They were a little too expensive for me to buy a hundred pair. But you are all getting on your readiness tonight for this battle. Now, we only have His Way once a month now. We used to have it every week. It's very sad. So we're going to pack in as much as we can on this one night. And I want to encourage you right now. Let's get ready. This is how we will get ready. Would you put your hand on the sister, your sister next to you? If you don't know her, introduce yourself. (laughs) Now, we are coming into agreement. We are coming into agreement with one another and with Jesus that he promised us abundant life. We're coming into agreement with God tonight. So let's agree. Father, we agree with you. We agree that you gave us, you promised us abundant life. And, oh, God, we're signing up. (laughs) And so we agree with you, Lord. 
Now, Lord, if there's anyone here tonight who feels that the battle has swamped her and she feels like that she cannot take another step, oh, God, would you just come? Lord, would you come? Would you go to her right now? And, Lord, would you give her rest? So the deal is you can worship however you want. There are flags. You can come up front. You can dance. You can get in that boxing stance. You can lay on the floor. You can sit. Whatever you need to do, you get in God's presence tonight. We have this moment to hold in our hands. So, what is that? Now, I, it, that's a poem. We have this moment to hold in our hands and to touch as it sifts through our fingers like sand. Yesterday's gone and tomorrow may never come, but we have this moment. Whoa! <laughs> so we have this moment. Make the most of it. You are enjoying each other's company, and that is a big part of what his way is about. So I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> How many of you saw the little yellow post-it note on your outline tonight? How many of you already wrote on it? Nobody? Okay, only like two of you. Only That's very, very, very good. Well, if you already wrote on your little post-it note, do we have more? It's okay. No, no condemnation. No, no, no. Okay, well, I'll give you mine. Here's mine. You will need that little post. Thanks, Mary Lou. You will need that little post-it note for the end of the message tonight. So try not to write on it. Try really hard not to write on it. Well, it is my express desire tonight that I help you to be able to hear God. You know what? There are so many things that we as women, we have to sort. How many of you sort laundry? Oh, yeah. We know how to sort the laundry. (laughs) We know how to sort the groceries. Yeah, we know which ones go in the fridge, which ones go in the pantry. Occasionally, I will put something that goes in the fridge in the pantry, and later I'll find the milk in my pantry, and I'll go, oh, no. We know how to sort toys. Yeah, we learned how to sort toys for our kids. We know how to sort a, a whole lot of things. We are, we are women. But one of our problems and one of the hardest things for us to learn to sort is our thoughts. Most everyone I know struggles with their thought life. This, this is a true story of something that happened to me yesterday. I was in prayer and I was so overwhelmed suddenly by God's presence. And I felt his love just washing over me. And then I told him, I said out loud, I said, Father, Your love is so intense. I said, it scares me. I said, when your love hits me like that, suddenly I just feel like I want to run because I'm scared of the intensity of your passion. And while I was saying that, and I began to cry, so I started crying, and I'm telling God, well, Lord, your love is so intense. And I'm 
grabbing a tissue and I'm crying. And simultaneously, I am thinking later today, I'm going to get my crimper out and see how my hair will look crimped. We have this amazing God-given, God-given ability to be able to think about many things at the same time. The deal is when we start beating ourselves up and going, oh man, I can't believe I did that. The Lord's lavishing his love on me and I'm thinking about my hair. So if I start beating myself up and condemning myself, suddenly then I'm really out of the spirit. You know what I did? I laughed. I said, oh, that's so funny. Lord, later I want to try my crimper. And then I went back into prayer. Now, this is how it is. Because we simultaneously and continually inhabit two places. We are beings who are spiritual as well as physical. And we live here. And yet, we also, the Bible says, we're seated in heavenly places with God. Whoa, you're in two places right now. Wow. But it's tricky. And so as we learn to know God's voice, the deal is we have to know his voice. Jesus told us in John 10, he said, my sheep know my voice. It's your right as a believer to know God's voice. You need to know his voice. If we don't know his voice, we'll do what he told us not to do. He said, the voice of a stranger you will not follow. And if we don't know God's voice, we will get confused and start following the voice of a stranger. I put on your outline tonight a quote by Bill Johnson. And I took this from a teaching that he did. I don't think he would dare write this in a book. But I copied it and wrote it down. But he actually said that he believes that the basis of every mental illness is that lack of being able to discern the voices that you hear. Now, on our planet, even today, there are things happening. The mass murders, the, the horrible atrocities that are taking place. And more often than not, and way more often than the media reports, those people, if they live through that, the one who inflicted the murder or whatever it was, they will say the, these words, God told me to do it. Often the notes that are left say, God told me to do it. Now what happened to that person and what brought that insanity was sometime in the past, they didn't sort the voices. They didn't know which one was truly God and which one was the one who is here to take life, the thief who came to kill, steal, and destroy the devil. The people, those who inflict much harm once upon a time, obviously, those people were a cute little child who, as they were growing, did not learn how to sort the voices they heard. It is imperative, women of God, that we know God's voice. And that we do not follow the voice of the evil one. Now I'm going to be, and I didn't write this on your outline because I didn't want 
the outlines to fall into other hands and people to say, Linda Anderson is teaching about witchcraft. However, I am going to give you six signs that you have come under the influence of a spirit of witchcraft. The reason why I'm doing that is because God wants to bring freedom and life to us. And he does that as we see clearly, we know what's happening, and we put on our boxing gloves. Should I put them on again? Okay, let's take our outline. The top of it, the GPS of your heart. Thanks, Lord. (laughs) Thank you, Father, for this night. Thank you for the women who came. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you free us. Thank you. Thank you that you heal us. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you give us a sound mind. Thank you. Now, Father, I ask that you would surround us with your angelic host. Father God, I ask that you protect us from the schemes of the evil one during this time, these moments. Father, I ask that you give me utterance and that everything you want will be said. Now, thank you, Father, that you have just dispensed your angels around us. Thank you. Now, Father, I ask for an an impartation of hearing your voice, the ability, the skill to hear you, to know it's you. Thank you, Lord, you'll do this. It's your big plan. Thanks. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, the scripture for tonight... Thanks. Does anybody need one? The scripture for tonight I will be reading eventually from 1 Kings chapter 19. But before I read the scripture to you, let's talk about a GPS. Do you know what a GPS is? Do you all use a GPS to keep from getting lost? How many of you think that this is one of the best inventions ever? Okay, not fair. Only like a third of us. Whoa. (laughs) Well, a GPS is, as most of you know, it's a global positioning system. Or there is actually a new term for a GPS. And I wrote it there right in question one. It is also called a personal navigation assistant. Right under there I wrote, is the holy breath of God your personal helper? Now, the deal is that we have better than a GPS. We have Holy Spirit. Why do you need the Holy Spirit of God? Because if you don't have this guidance system of the Holy Spirit, you're going to mess up stuff. The other night, Tom and I had been at an encounter conference with our teenagers in Vacaville. And we were there for two nights staying in a hotel. And when we got back on Saturday, oh, it was so nice Saturday night to climb into my own bed. It's always so nice. You lay your head on the pillow and you don't think, ooh, who laid their head on this pillow? So creepy. Yeah, you bring your own whenever possible. So we got into our own bed and I was thinking, oh, this is so nice and I was starting to drift off to sleep when all of a sudden I thought, 
we haven't slept in our bed for two days. There could be a spider in this bed. <laughs> have you ever had a spider in your bed? Me, well, I have. May you never, those of you who haven't, may you never have a spider in your bed. So I was laying there and all of a sudden I thought, there could be a spider in my bed. And I thought, I'm going to turn on the light and throw back the covers and wake Tom up and look for the spider. When suddenly I realized that wasn't God. That was irrational fear talking to me. And do you know what I did? I said, fine. If there's a spider in this bed, it's more scared of me than I am of it. And so I'm going to sleep. And I resisted the temptation to turn on the light, wake up my husband, throw back the covers, and search for a spider that wasn't even there. That is such a simple illustration. But we are bombarded constantly with voices that try to make us afraid or worse. We need a GPS from heaven. He has the name, Holy Spirit. Okay, right, number two. The Holy Spirit of God is called the helper. I think that's the most beautiful name. His role is to, yeah, help you. His role is to help you. A couple weeks ago, I was in the car and I thought suddenly I need to go on the internet and look up certain symptoms of a friend of mine who was having some physical symptoms and I need to go on the internet and see. So I pulled out my phone out of my purse while I was sitting in my car at the red light. (laughs) Then the Holy Spirit convicted me and I put my phone back in my purse. And then eventually when I pulled over, I pulled my phone back out And I started to look up the symptoms on the internet when I heard God say to me, why don't you ask me? Do you ever go to the internet before God? But it's quicker. I love it when God speaks to me immediately. I ask him a question and he speaks and I got it. But a lot of the time it's waiting, isn't it? We have to wait. The internet's now. Repent quickly. You've been going to the internet for answers instead of to God. Just tell him you're sorry right now in your heart. Get clear and clean. And then when you do it tomorrow, repent again. (laughs) Under number two, Jesus told us that the Holy Spirit would help us. He would help us remember things. He would he's a counselor. He's available. He's 24-7. Number three, the fact is, until the I, me, whatever your name is, gets replaced with the H, the heart is not yet God-centered. Now, I'm going to explain this. Until the I gets replaced by the H. I think, yes, I did. I typed it for you. Right under there, I put the scripture from Genesis 17:15. God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. The only letter that was pulled out was the I, and God put in his breath. 
right below there, there are no vowels in the written Hebrew. So in the original language, God added the equivalent of the Hebrew letter H. In Hebrew, this letter is also the word ruah, which represents spirit, breath, and wind. Think about how you have to breathe out and create wind to make this sound. Ha. Okay, let's all do it. Ha. Do it again. Ha. Now, if you were in Israel, I heard you do it. This is how they, will you do it on the mic? Okay. This is how they do it in Israel. It's, ah. (laughs) So attractive. But you have to breathe out. Okay. That ah. practice at home (laughs) that awe is the breath of the spirit now I didn't ask my daughter if I could give this illustration tonight but she let me put it in one of my books so obviously it's okay when Tamara when our daughter Tamara actually it started before she was born before she was born the night that I was in labor with her I was she was sunny side up which I think is just a nice representation of her. Sunny side up. I never said that before. (laughs) You have. Okay, so she was sunny side up instead of down and ready to be born. And I was in terrible um, back labor. And the doctors were, you know, they're worried. They're telling me I'm going to have to have a C-section and and I have no idea why, because they didn't communicate in the olden I shouldn't say that. That makes you old, not me. <laughs> oh, that was bad. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> finally, when, they, when the doctor, <laughs> do you want to do a disclaimer? You're welcome. Just walk up. Yeah. Finally, when they told me that she was sunny side up, What we did is we said, why didn't you tell us what the problem was? And Tom immediately came over. He put his hands on her and he said, in the name of Jesus, turn over. And right under his hands, she obeyed her daddy and she turned over immediately. Tom ran into the hall and said, hurry, hurry, come. She's going to be born and I don't want to deliver her. So Tamara turned over and she was born like just in two minutes. It was amazing. The next thing that happened is I was in my room on the morning after she was born. She was born at 2 a.m. And I was in my room the next morning and they brought me the paperwork for her name. And I wrote her name. Tom and I had agreed that her name would be Tamara. Well, somebody knocked at my door, a woman, and I said, come in. And I remember her coming in. She came over to the bed and she said to me, don't you want to put an H on the end of her name? I looked at that person and I said, well, I guess I do. And I remember I picked up the phone and I called Tom And I said, Tom, somebody just came in and said, put an H on the end of Tamara's name. Is that okay? And he said, well, yeah, I guess so. 
And I remember writing that H on the end of her name. I never saw that person again. And nobody seemed to know where she came from. Holy Spirit. And the anointing on Tamara. My name is L-A-N-D-H. Not officially. Some of my friends put an H on the end, don't you, Marcia? The breath of God. Until we get rid of that I and take on God's H, his breath, we are going to continue to struggle until we say, okay, God, I'm yours. Anything you want, I've got to hear your voice. I want to obey you. Oh, God, anything. I'll do anything. If you'll speak, I say yes. The two prayers that I pray the most is, oh, God, I have to hear you. And, oh, God, I have to know your sovereignty. I have to know. Otherwise, I'm too scared. We've got to hear his voice. If we don't hear his voice, we fall into confusion. We don't know, is that God? Is that not God? We get worried. We become afraid. We make wrong decisions. We don't prosper. Our bodies get sick. We fall into dis-ease. We have to hear God. I'm not saying that every disease is because of something you've done. There are three reasons for sickness, and we don't have time to teach on that tonight. But one of them is the fact that we live on planet Earth and we are susceptible to the things of the Earth. But we have a God in heaven who will either say, peace, be still, or peace to my child. He'll either speak peace to the storm or peace to his child every time. So number four, we have to remove the willful eye from our hearts before God can pour in his outpouring. Ah. Number five, when the breath of God comes in, his indwelling Holy Spirit, then you begin to have power, joy, and purpose. I put below that an email I received from one of our daughters in India. We have a lot of kids who call us mom and dad in India. Oh, I got an email recently from our Hisway Children's Home. And the leader had asked the children who their favorite superhero was. And the children said, Big Mommy and Big Daddy. (laughs) I could have floated. That's Tom and me. Big mommy, big daddy. See, the kids know I'm big. So she wrote me this note. She said, hi, mom, how are you? I am doing very well with the help of Jesus. I am so happy, mom. I have found a new friend and learned a lot about the Holy Spirit. I'm so in love with him and seeing his works and all that I do, even a silly thing I ask of him, he is right there to show that he is always by my side. Thank you so much for encouraging me to quit my job, without which I would have had not had this wonderful time with Jesus. My job, my salary cannot give the joy that I have in the presence of the love of my life, Jesus. Thank you so much, Mom. I wish you were here with me at this time. I just, I just copied this and wrote it the way she did. That's why it says cause, cause. Because my new friend is doing so many things in my life. I have my personal diary. Everything what the Lord is doing in my life is in that book. And you shall read it when you come. (laughs) It's what happens 
when the Holy Spirit comes, the breath of God, and you lay down your own agenda and your own stuff, and you say, oh, God, fill me. You just get happy. Now, if you've lost the joy of the Holy Spirit, um, what is so, I guess, several people tell us we leak. I've heard Tom say it. Bill Johnson says that we leak. I just recommend get filled again. Get filled back up. What'd you say, Janine? The Holy Spirit can be your crack remover, your filler, your crack filler. He even does that part. He can be our grout. Number six, hearing the voice of God is not automatic, but it is your right as a believer and is essential to victory. Women of God, you have the right, the privilege to hear God. You have a radio receiver. You might have it on the wrong channel, but you still have one. You were created to hear God. People tell me all the time, I just can't hear God. Do you know what else people say to me? They say, well, I know God loves everybody, but he, he doesn't love me. And I just have to tell him, you're just not that special. That God would love every single person on the planet except you. He said, his sheep hear his voice. Bah. Do it with me. Bah. I'm a sheep. It's not always a pretty sheep, but I'm a sheep. Oh, sheep, the things they do. Ask Pastor Heath. He'll, he'll tell you. You know what? I um they do eat their own feces, but so do rabbits. When there's snow and the rabbits can't get anything to eat, they do get a little nutrition. Okay, all right. Here's more. Okay. I really, I know I won't have time. I knew I wouldn't have time. I put a little inkling on your outline anyway. I know I won't have time, but I'm just gonna tell you this part. I've been studying penicillin, and it is fascinating. What penicillin can do in our bodies is so, and antibiotics, the others. It is amazing how it can overtake the bad bacteria, break down the cell walls of the bad bacteria, and render it powerless and bring health to your body. Penicillin is a miracle drug. And although it has not been a widespread um, availability until 1945, the Indians and the, the indigenous people used the mold off the trees. They didn't know how it worked, but they used it as an antibiotic. Now, um, penicillin can grow on bread. So how do we know which is the good mold and which is the bad mold? Because there is bad mold that can really harm you, and there's good mold that can heal you. I will be doing a healing school probably in April, and I will tell about it there. So if you want to sign up for that. But, okay, here's the deal. Here's something you need to know about penicillin. When it was so expensive during World War II, and you can hardly get it. How many of you have, you're alive because of antibiotics? Yeah, several of us. Yeah, 
Okay, I'd love to hear your stories. Okay, when penicillin was so expensive, the deal was that 80% of the penicillin that you probably know this as a pharmacist, maybe, no pressure. <laughs> 80% of the penicillin you ingested, your body sloughed off and it went into your urine. So during that time of the war, they were catching people's urine who were on penicillin and administering it to people who needed penicillin so they could get well. Bah! Do it with me. Bah! <laughs> okay, that was all free and maybe worthless. I'm going to repeat number six. Hearing the voice of God is not automatic, but it is your right as a believer, and it is essential for victory. And there's that quote by Bill Johnson, mental illness has at its root the inability to discern the, the voice of God or the voice of the devil. I'm going to offend a whole bunch of people, huh? Number seven, be alert. Be alert to the atmosphere and remain strategic. And there's my little tiny thing about penicillin. It's warfare on a microscopic scale. So many of the things in nature, the things, um, <laughs> the things in space, as well as the things that are microscopic, show us the one who holds all things together by the word of his power, Jesus Christ. I'm going to make everybody love science as much as... Here's a quote from Francis Franchipan, right below number seven. Jesus was always aware that he lived in a war zone. No matter what he was doing, whether he was praying or laughing with sinners, driving out demons or healing the sick, and training followers beneath the surface of his outer activities, Jesus remained strategic. His war mode switch was always on. Now, we as women, how many of you have served in the armed service? Okay, a, a handful of us have served the armed services. We as women, we are we. We are not prone to be the ones who will join the army or join the marine, want to go out and fight. And yet the Lord calls all of us to be the army for his kingdom, the army of God, and to fight. But we say, well, I'm a woman. I don't want to. And yet God calls all of us to fight this spiritual battle. Let me give you quickly, and you can investigate it for yourselves. In Ephesians 6, where we're told how to put on the full armor of God to fight and wrestle against the powers of darkness. And again, it is not gender specific. It is for all people. We all have to fight the spiritual battle. But think about the fact that that letter in Ephesians, we have divided it up for ease and being able to look up scripture. However, before it was divided, there was a free flow of this is how you treat your family. This is how you love one another. 
right into putting on the armor. There is such a connection. Some of us have messes we need to clean up relationally before we can even get the armor on. Or put on your armor and be effective. We need to clean up some messes. Another message. Another. Here are the signs of witchcraft. Signs that you are in a battle that is not necessarily yours. Yet your victory is vital in the big picture. This is First Kings 19. This is the story of Elijah. Elijah has just won an amazing victory at Mar- Mount Carmel. How many of you know the story? Okay, I'll, I'll tell it quickly for those of you who don't. Elijah was on this mountain, and there was a challenge between Elijah, the man of God, the great prophet, between him and the prophets of Baal, the false prophet. And both sides were attempting to have God show himself strong on their behalf. The prophets of Baal, 450 of them, they marched around all day. They yelled and screamed and cut themselves and got themselves in a frenzy, and nothing happened. Elijah stood up when it was his turn. He called down fire from heaven, and fire came from heaven. It, it rested on the wood that was there that had water poured on it. That fire came from heaven. And everybody around there said, the Lord, he is God. That day, the 450 prophets of Baal were all killed. And Elijah was victorious. The kingdom was going forward. Well, in chapter 19, right after that incredible victory, verse 1, Ahab, Jezebel's husband, told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Also, how he had executed all the prophets with the sword, all the prophets of Baal. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me, little g, and more. Also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, when Elijah saw that, he arose and ran for his life. He went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. Now, I don't have time to read the whole chapter. I would really like to. We are down to five minutes. But I encourage you to read the chapter later because this is what you will find. Number eight, Elijah ran for his soul. Irrational fear. Irrational. Now, we all know that there is fear that is perfectly logical and rational. I mean, you're not going to pull out in traffic when you leave his way tonight. You're not going to pull out if cars are driving by. You're going to wait until they pass, and then you'll drive out, right? Because you don't want to get in an accident. I mean, that's just, that's good fear. There are all kinds of fears that are logical. Now, think about what Elijah did. Elijah had just won the biggest battle there ever was. The prophets about all were destroyed. And Elijah's running for his life? That's irrational fear. 
He is running away from something that is not human. This is one of the signs that you have come upon a spirit of witchcraft. You are experiencing irrational fear and giving in to it. The second bullet point, Elijah prayed that he might die. Thoughts of wanting to die. This is a sign that you have come. You have encountered a spirit of witchcraft that is trying to harm you. If you have thoughts of suicide, if you're thinking, I just don't want to live anymore. Think about what the devil did to Jesus when he took him up on top of the temple. He told him, just throw yourself off. The devil's still saying that. Just throw yourself off. Just kill yourself. Just if you've had thoughts, my life doesn't matter. It'd be better off if I wasn't here. It is a sign and a symptom that you have encountered a spirit that is oppressing you. Some of you think it's you. You think, oh, no, oh, no, something's wrong with me. And this thing is outside of you, harassing you. (sighs) Pretty serious. Well, at point three, a sense that everything is going wrong. Elijah said that everything was forsaken and torn down. Now think about this. Elijah had just won this major victory. The kingdom was going into revival. Elijah prayed for it to rain and it rained. And Elijah's walking around saying, nothing's going right. When you hear yourself start saying things like that, you have encountered a spirit of witchcraft. I wish I had more time. Next one, an overwhelming sense of loneliness. Elijah said, I alone am left. Elijah said, I'm alone. I alone. I'm, I'm lonesome. I'm the only one. Whenever you encounter that, those feelings of loneliness, I'm alone. I'm by myself. Nobody knows how I feel. Nobody else has gone through what I'm going through. Whenever you start to feel like that, ding, 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 you've encountered this spirit that is trying to take down your life. Um, The spirit of being alone. You can be surrounded with people and feel alone. It's a spirit to fight. Put on boxing gloves. Red ones. The last bullet point. An overall sense of despair, hopelessness, and a lack of confidence. Elijah said, they seek to take my life. All of a sudden, what you've been good at, what you felt good about yourself at, all of a sudden you're saying, I'm a lousy mom. Or where you've been good at something at work. Suddenly you're saying, I can't do anything. Where you have been a singer all of a sudden you're saying everybody else sings better than me i can't even sing a lack a loss of confidence is a sign that you have encountered a spirit that is trying to steal your life what are we going to do if you'll take that little yellow post-it note and ben if you would go ahead and put that slide up going to read to you number nine it is love relationship with god 
and his army that gives pain purpose and makes the battle worth it. It is your vision. You're hearing God. You're knowing his voice. You being in love relationship with him. You encountering him coming to to times like this at his way where you feel God, you encounter his presence. It is it is these moments where your vision of God, your encounter with God gives the pain of the battle a purpose. Now here's the deal. We've got to fight the battle in our minds. And that's why I've given you that little post-it note. Because I want you to write on, this is mine. This is mine that I wrote on. I want you to write on your post-it note, there is nothing wrong with you. Now, the reason why I didn't say you write, there is nothing wrong with me, is because later when you read that on your mirror or wherever you put it on your fridge or wherever, and it says there is nothing wrong with me, you're going to go, there's nothing wrong with me? Whereas if it says there is nothing wrong with you, then somebody else is saying it. The second line, thank you. I appreciate it. Somebody got it. Praise God. The second line, you are in a battle. We are winning. You are not alone. You're not alone. You have the Holy Spirit and you have sisters who will fight for you. Now, this spiritual battle, these signs of the witchcraft, and some of you, um, I just, how many of you have felt some of these symptoms? Okay, most of us are in this kind of battle. Here's the remedy. It's found in James chapter 4. We submit to God. We submit to God's word. We go after God. We resist the devil, and he will flee. How many of you have stood up and said, depression, leave me in the name of Jesus? And five minutes later, you just feel happy. It happened to me last week. I was walking around going, I just feel sad. Man, I just feel sad. And then all of a sudden it hit me. What? Wait. Sadness. You leave me. You are bound at the cross, disarmed in the name of Jesus. Boom. And all of a sudden, I'm just happy. We don't, we, he even tells us how we feel. We're in a battle. We're going to fight it. We win. Now, if you need somebody to come alongside of you and join you in this battle, the prayer team will be up front tonight. You can call a sister, call a friend, go to church, worship the king, and get free. We are the army of God. We have a task to do, and we are not going to lay down. We're not going to give in. We're not going to give up. (laughs) Would you rise? Nancy said we've already won the battle. We just have to walk in it. The final battle we have won. We have many, many skirmishes on the way. Prayer team, would you come? Now by standing, even though I told you to, You have agreed to engage in this battle. Now, some of you, you have a sister right next to you. You can just grab her and say, pray for me. Help. Pray for me. You can together, you can come into agreement and you can agree 
that that spirit of witchcraft is bound at the cross and you can tell it to leave and you can welcome Holy Spirit to fill you with his light this very night. How good is God? Dion, are you at the keyboard? Okay, here's the prayer team. You've got sisters. You've got kids over there. You have to get really fast. You've got three minutes for prayer. Holy Spirit, fill us. Fill us fresh. Oh, God, fall afresh on us. Fill us. Oh, God, fill us with your light. Fill us. Holy Spirit, fill us. Lord, displace those the powers of darkness. And oh God, bring your light, your glorious light. Bring your health. Bring your healing. Bring your wholeness. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. And seal it with thanks, Lord. Thanks, Lord. Thank you. See you next month. <laughs>